Small business is big in West Texas, fueled by a special breed of entrepreneurs. They sow seeds of hard work and rely on each other to grow. They're all connected by a common thread that creates the character of our community, and they keep us moving forward. And no one brings small business together like First Bank and Trust. At First Bank and Trust, you get more than a bank. You get a network across this entire community. Take a step with the bank that knows how to make small business a bigger deal. On the other side of Texas, history has its place. On the other side of Texas, justice rules the case. They don't like it, they don't love it. They say we're all wrong, but on the other side of Texas halls, we roll on. That we do. Roll along. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Another edition of your other side of Texas. Rolling along with Jay West, Texas Leeson. And glad that you're a part of the program. You want to be a part of the program, you can uh, text in 806-745-5800. Not if you want to be a part of the program. If you want to interject into the program. We appreciate everybody who listens and makes this show what it is today, Steve Pear is executive director of Amarillo Matters, and they have launched what they call a new grassroots effort to support the Texas Tech Vet School. Uh, big press release coming out this morning. We'll have Steve Pear on with us here in about seven minutes from now. And then our friend Wes Rappaport, Rappaport Report of Next Star is going to be on with us and talk about all the ongoings down the Austin way. What you need to know is we provide a, um, a very informed audience with more information as we roll along. But let's start here. Texas Monthly. Greg Abbott orders Texas University Boards University Boards to investigate admissions policies after bribery scandal. That's the scandal undergoing right now. Uh, what? I think we have some scandal music. Um, oh, no. That's the wrong one. That's a region game. We used to have uh, some better, some <laughs> under my thumb. That That's a reference to John Sharp, if you're just listening to the show for one of the first time john sharp chancellor at uh, texas a&m but had some more ominous oh there's the scandal music right there yeah gotta investigate the admissions policies after the bribery scandal texas monthly a week after federal prosecutors charged dozens of people in a massive college admissions bribery scheme Governor Greg Abbott sent a letter to all Texas regents on public university boards on Monday directing them to investigate their own admission policies quote the legislature has assigned important responsibilities to the governing boards of Texas institutions of higher education including setting campus admission standards, Abbott wrote in the letter, 
Every board must therefore closely examine and investigate its admission policies and procedures to ensure that no university employee engages in fraudulent schemes, quid pro quo arrangements, or improprieties of any sort. Our universities, first and foremost, exist to serve qualifying students who graduate Texas high schools. Those students, their parents, and taxpayers must have confidence that the system is not rigged. The U.S. Department of Justice charged a total of 44 people last week with crimes ranging from racketeering to mail fraud, money laundering, and obstruction of justice, part of an alleged conspiracy that, quote, facilitated cheating on college entrance exams and the admission of students to elite universities as purported athletic recruits. According to the Department of Justice, those charged include Hollywood actors, wealthy business owners, prominent lawyers, and several Texans, the University of Texas of Austin, at Austin, excuse me, University of Texas at Austin, was one of several elite universities across the country implicated in the scandal um let's go back and let's try this again let's read um let's read this through a different vein shall we let's read abbott's comments one more time um and get this from a different vein so that we can see the irony involved because i'm sure several of you are already there The legislature has assigned important responsibilities to the governing boards of Texas, Texas's institutions of higher education, including setting campus admission standards. Abbott wrote in a letter to regents, Every board must therefore closely examine and investigate its admission policies and procedures to ensure that no university employee engages in fraudulent schemes, quid pro quo arrangements, or impropriety of any sort <clears throat> with all due respect governor how about we start with a system that doesn't begin with mega donors to your election campaigns being named as regents how about we start with what looks as though it's fraudulent schemes quid pro quo arrangements or impropriety how about we start there? We've already walked through this in Lubbock and and seen it firsthand. The appearance thereof, I'm not going to cast the gavel down on anybody, but how about the whole thing's rotten from the top to the bottom, Governor? How about we begin there? And how about you don't ridicule and uh, ostracize publicly good faith citizens who come forward and say yeah it's pay to play on texas board of regents so if it's if it's pay to play with the regents why wouldn't it be pay to play on down the line and that's just the way i see it from the high plains of west texas but there's a much larger problem i would i would love to see the letters that were almost sent back to the governor um, that say as much as what I've said here. And 
the whole thing stinks and the whole appointment process in texas needs to change and not just with regents but with board members of every kind you got to be wealthy you got to be rich or you got to be retired in order to do anything in this state and you know i'll say that as much for the lubbock city council um but i don't even want to delve into that this has to be a government that works for all people and right now it simply is not and governor abbott's letter though on some levels commendable is also on many levels laughable because it starts at the top and it goes from there steve pear is going to be calling in momentarily and we're going to talk about the vet school that the governor says that he is for steve pear is on the line now going to jump out to him executive editor of amarillo matters steve pear how are you i am great how are you busy day up in the panhandle it has been really busy but it's been a good one and and it looks like it's going to rain all this and rain is but will anybody die in a rain event that's the question I hope not. I hope not. Is it just going to be rain, or is it going to be 50-mile-an-hour winds that come with it? I, You know, I'm no meteorologist, but I think it's just rain right now. That's fine. You can be a meteorologist on the radio. I'm an economist. <laughs> I'm a political consultant. I'm I'm all sorts of things on the radio, Steve. So you guys this morning with Amarillo Matters, first of all, tell us what Amarillo Matters is, and then tell us what you've rolled out uh, for support of the Texas, the proposed Texas Tech Veterinarian School. Yeah, Amarillo Matters is a it's a local group uh, based in Amarillo, of course. Uh, formed a couple of years ago, um, just to try to be on the lookout uh, for things that benefit Amarillo and the, the surrounding area. And the vet school certainly fits fits that. In fact, I think it benefits not only Amarillo and the surrounding area, but but west texas and the state uh we're really excited to be working on it okay so you roll out the presser this morning and we're right here we're getting up to boiling point in the legislative session uh tell us what the initiative is steve yeah today we launched a, a, a significant grassroots effort that will give people a way to um stand up and say hey i support this project and i see the need and I want it to happen um, all through a new website, unmetvetdemand.com. Uh, there's an online petition that we're asking people to go to, go, go to, and sign again, just to try to centralize that support uh, and give everybody who supports the project sees that need uh, an opportunity to voice that support. Yeah, uh, how's the response been so far? It, it's still early. Response has been good. You know, we've we've been doing media interviews all day. Um, and and our other, you know, the full campaign's just taking grasp, uh, but I think it's going to be successful, and I, I think we'll see support uh, through throughout the state. Quite honestly, I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, have you seen? Take us into the background, because you've been you've been out there, you've seen what's going on at the vet school. Give people let's let's come down to nine to five. People are just getting in their cars, want to know what's going on with the vet school. Um, what is the reality right now, and what are you guys getting involved uh, to help sway in this conversation about the need for a vet school, another vet school in Texas? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll try to give you the 30-second version. You know, Amarillo... Oh, we got uh, plenty of time. Go ahead and take a couple of minutes. <laughs> the city uh, of Amarillo and, and private donors, we've, we've managed to secure uh, about $90 million um, to help build the actual facility. Um, and so what Tech has done is, is they are currently asking the legislature for just over uh, $17 million to kind of fund the programs. Uh, for the next couple of years. So, you know, that's a budget request in the legislative session. Um, our delegation, uh, Senators uh, Seliger and Perry and our House delegation, have just done an outstanding job uh, down in Austin for us on our behalf uh, and continue to work through that legislative process to get that money um, in the budget that, that will really uh, be another step forward to pushing this project across the finish line. Fully funded in the House, but some uh, $13 million or so short in the Senate. Is that right? Yes, sir. So we saw full funding in the in the House base budget bill uh, that was released uh, shortly after the session started. Um, and the Senate side uh, had the initial $4 million that was allocated during the last session in there. Um, so, you know, obviously the challenge is now to, to get that that Senate side up and, and get funding in both those bills and, and the final budget, uh, and then we take our next step. Uh, Steve, as I understand it, and correct me if uh, you think I'm wrong, my understanding is that the Texas Higher, this will go to the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board ultimately. There's, there's a national group, but there's also the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board. What the Coordinating Board is wanting to see is essentially what's been referred to on this program as a rounding error. Um, that $13 million uh, that is fully funded on the House and Senate side as the budget comes out of the legislature, that they're going to want to see that in order to take action. Is that a, is, do you agree with that way of thinking, or is there a nuance I'm missing? Well, you know, I, I can't speak to the coordinating board. Uh, you know, we haven't had just a ton of discussions about that um, that right now. You know, at the end of the day, you hope everybody, whether it be the coordinating board or, or our, law, all, our, our lawmakers down in Austin, just see the need. I mean, if you look at the facts, um, uh, you know, our, our Texas students are having to leave the state uh, who want to go in the vet field to get their education, coming back with, with major debt loads, um, the needs across rural Texas and beyond for large animal vets. I mean, if you look at the facts, it is clear that there's a need for this. So at the end of the day, it's my hope uh, that, that that our elected leaders uh, and the coordinating board see that um, and will will help us bring this to uh, uh, to reality, make it a reality. Uh, Steve, the name of the website again is what? It's unmetvetdemand.com. Unmetvetdemand.com. Yes, sir. Yep. Absolutely. So and it's, it's up and running. It makes signing the petition a breeze. Um, we hope people will do that. Share it on, on your Facebook, Twitter, uh, all those fun channels. Um, again, it's, it's, about, it's about really bringing the, the support home for this and, and highlighting uh, the need and just how many people out there support the project. Yeah. Um, what else? You got all the information about the project there on the website as well? All the information's on the project. There's a there's a link back to the official uh, Texas Tech vet, vet School website that's just loaded with great information as well. Uh, again, it really just highlights the need. You know, it all comes back to um, Texans taking care of Texans. It's something that we've all done. Uh, when our state sees a need, uh, we work together to confront it and make it a reality and address it. 
and I think that's what you're seeing here. And, and at the end of the day, I'm I'm very hopeful that that we'll have a, a vet school with it, it, right here in Amarillo. Uh, Steve, tell me something. Speaking of Amarillo, for just a moment, in the sod poodles, uh, Ruckus, the new <laughs> the new mascot, rolled out last week. My twin boys turned ten on May the first. Um, how do I get Ruckus at my house? Can you line something well, up? I don't. I, you know, I'll, I'll work on it. I'm trying to get Ruckus at my house. Actually, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to get tickets to the the season season opener. They sold out, and I, I don't have my tickets yet. Steve, what what were you busy with? I I don't you know I I don't know I guess Unmet the got vet? away from me and I, uh, the website got away from you. The website, yeah, I went on Saturday morning to get them and I was I was too late. They went they went fast. Unmet vet demand got a, a Unmet, whole, ahead of uh, Steve Pear. Yes, sir. Unmetvetdemand.com. Mm. Well, I hope it was worth it, buddy. You're going to be paying I, like I, week to week on Craigslist and eBay for your baseball tickets. Maybe I can sneak in. Maybe nobody will notice. Uh, I think Ruckus will notice. Um, <laughs> tell us. So the idea is this thing: as the legislature unfolds, for people who don't pay a lot of attention to the legislature, usually the House budget goes up about April one, and then the Senate budget will follow. Then there's a conference committee. There's still a lot of time here on the clock. Even though we're halfway through the legislature, this is when the action begins to unfold. You're just hoping to get a bunch of people together, uh, Steve Pear and Amarillo Matters, to mobilize them as budgets begin to come to fruition. Yeah, as, as budgets become to fruition, and, and again, the legislative process just plays out, you know. Um, it'll be over the end of May, but I, I think that you're right. I think the next few weeks are uh, are critical. I think the House will take up the full budget pretty soon, um, followed by by the, the Senate version, and then it will be hashed out um, in, in committee. And uh, yeah, I think I think you know a, a good show of support, um, you know, all built around just how needed the school is, is a good thing. Um, we just you know every day we get calls from people saying, well, how can I help? Um, what can I do? And, and this is a great first step. Um, and, and once you, you sign up, we'll keep you engaged and, and, and up to date on the latest uh, and let you know what else what else you can do to help. Okay. So, Steve, Dave on the text line asking, what's the holdup in the Senate? Why is the House all the way there and the Senate is not? What's the dynamic? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not completely sure uh, on that, but I, I, I tell you that Perry and, and Seliger, they're, they're doing really good. Uh, working through all that, that um, you know, down in Austin, uh, and I feel confident about about where we are. Okay, well, unmetvetdemand.com. Steve Pear, Amarillo Matters. Uh, appreciate you making time to come on, bud. No, anytime. Thank you for having us on, and um, thanks for 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 bringing a little attention to this. Again, I I think it's one of those things. It's it's important to the state. It's not an Amarillo or a a Lubbock thing. It's something that's needed by the state and the industry. So um, we just appreciate all the support that we've had, uh, whether it be from the community chambers, uh, various ag in- industries. Um, it, it's It's been very humbling. I've never seen West Texas work together on something like, like we're coming together on this. It, it's pretty awesome to watch. Well, we appreciate the time, Steve Pear, and uh, you can come Thank on you. and update us here in the next month or so. 
Sounds great, Jay. Thanks for having us on. All right. Have a good day, Steve Pear. You too. Up in Amarillo. Going to get off with Steve and get back in. Uh, A little quickie break and uh, make a little bit of money and come back in. I want to talk to you about uh, why Abilene Christian could knock off Kentucky. Have you got Abilene Christian knocking off Kentucky in the first round? I do. I do. And I'll talk to you about that here in just a minute from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Stick right with us here on the other side of Texas. chill off your bones. Got food on the fire. Can I get you some to eat? Make yourself at home. Yeah, I'm on the run. I'm looking out, searching for something that I still care about. I'm looking up to the sky. On the program, didn't get to Sharon's text. Sorry, Sharon, caught you too late. On Next time we get Steve Pear on, we can talk some more vet school. But want to switch gears right quick and go into Abilene Christian and drawing Kentucky. Mac Engel, who once called Cliff Kingsbury Coach Bro, and have uh, discussed him before on the program. It says, college basketball is full of wire traps, wire taps, excuse me, frauds and indictments, so it's only appropriate that a Christian school from West Texas is here to save the NCAA tournament. And after mighty Abilene Christian slays John Calipari and his merry band of NBA bums, wow, from Kentucky... America will know and acknowledge the fighting Christians are the best team, not just in West Texas, but all of Texas, maybe America. You get the feeling that maybe Mac Engel tries to write in such a way that uh, it's kind of a Molotov cocktail style of writing, that he's just going to blow the whole thing up and watch it burn. So what if Texas Tech defeated ACU by 34 points? That was last year. Take heed, you obnoxious followers from Kentucky. (laughs) Mac Engel has a lot of followers from Kentucky. Apparently, ACU is coming to get you. Cal and Ashley Judd, too. Man, I hadn't thought about Ashley Judd in a long time. And I'm just going to keep it there. Kentucky is a 21.5 favorite to defeat Abilene Christian University on Thursday night in the second round of the NCAA tournament. But ignore those idiots who set the betting lines. UK is done. Coach Cowell has never seen a squad like ACU with the possible exception of NCAA investigators. Now he's just all in. Mac Engel. Abilene Christian is the best story of the NCAA tournament. Has been eligible for this tournament for only two years. Features an enrollment of about 3,600, a coach who buys his suits off the rack on game days, and a basketball team that kicked off two starters earlier this year because they violated some rules that would apply to ACU only. I guess they were chewing Redman out behind the bus barn. Uh, that's my own commentary. I don't, I don't know 
what would happen at ACU. ACU is the reason why we love this tourney and why the first Thursday, Friday of NCAAs are the best two days in sports on the calendar. Thursday, Friday of this week are one of the last places when David, out of the SWAC, is on a neutral floor with the Goliath from the ACC. Isn't I don't know what conference Abilene Christian's in, but isn't they're in the SEC, right? Kentucky. Most of the achievements in championships won in 2019 will fade. You can't, you probably can't remember who won the title in 2018, but you will never forget the true NCAA upset. And I'm not talking about Ohio State over Washington. I'm talking about ACU over Kentucky or a 16 seed Maryland Baltimore County blowing out top seed Virginia Mercer over Duke brand conscious Bradley over Kansas Norfolk State over Missouri Coffin State defeating Iowa State look I'm all for it and I think it can happen and I'm going to fill out in my bracket is so. Because, you know, in, looking at NCAA brackets is kind of like listening to Lubbock radio guy talk about national politics. I mean, who really cares in the end? Um, focus more regionally, more locally. But uh, I'll take me some Wildcats. And uh big shout out to Jared Moser from Lockney, played at uh, ACU. Uh, suffered several hands at the defeat, or several defeats at the hands of the Lockney Longhorn Jared Moser. And all due respect to ACU, I wish them the best, especially since they're on the opposite side of the tournament from the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And tickets are punched, got them in the mail today, will be there at the Bank of Oklahoma Center in Tulsa with Dad and we're going to have a great time be right there in the bleachers you'll be able to see us i think uh down in the bleachers come by say hello and uh, give us a good uh uh hey we love the other side of texas while you're amongst us and maybe we'll be taken up into more important places as the tournament rolls around and, and people understand who's there on the floor um yours yours truly i say that facetiously um i just appreciate folks listening to the show love meeting people um who say love the show and uh working on west Rappaport, getting into the program going to talk about the latest in austin and uh go to a quickie break get uh west Rappaport on acu i'm taking them in the tourney be right back couple minutes right here on the other side
Small business is big in West Texas, fueled by a special breed of entrepreneurs. They sow seeds of hard work and rely on each other to grow. They're all connected by a common thread that creates the character of our community, and they keep us moving forward. And no one brings small business together like First Bank and Trust. At First Bank and Trust, you get more than a bank. You get a network across this entire community. Take a step with the bank that knows how to make small business a bigger deal. Welcome back to The Other Side with Jay Leeson. Welcome back in the other side of Texas. What do you need real estate wise? What do you got? What do you need? Jay Leeson, hook you up. Self promotion, shameless self promotion here. Uh, industrial, commercial, residential, whatever you need. You trust what you hear on the program. Trust me to apply the same ethic and resolve in uh, your place and what you need. 806 543 1317. He is Wes Rappaport of Next Star. Rappaport reports exclusively. I'm going to say it exclusively. Don't correct me, Wes, right here on the program. Appreciate you coming on. What you been up to, Wes? Hey, Jay. Doing well. How are you? Uh, doing really well. Getting ready for some some Lubbock girls basketball tonight. Grace Linda taking the floor, and uh, we're going to see how many rebounds she comes down with. Yeah, we love that. We love uh, uh, LCU and and seeing all the uh, all the non Texas Tech teams getting some time in the spotlight every once in a while. We oh, like is that. that your thing? Well, I'm all about spreading the love, you know. Yeah, because the the talk of the town right now is. Um, uh, Texas Tech probably has has as good a chance as anybody going to the Final Four. Um, yeah, anytime and, our friends on the Cap Rock get a chance to show their stuff and and uh, highlight the the good work of the good people out there, we like that. Did you take Abilene Christian in your uh, bracket to knock off Kentucky? Uh, you know that's um, that's going to be a tough one, Jay. I think the uh, I think the Wildcats are, are a good-looking squad, and um, Abilene so, Christian's going to have their hands full. But Abilene Christian's the Wildcats, too. Are you talking about Kentucky, or are you talking about uh, ACU? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Kentucky is uh, is obviously uh, going to be the team to beat there, but I'll never say never. Okay, so uh, Ab- tell us some- Abilene Christian's been known to surprise every once in a while, right? Yeah, I'm going to take them. Uh, what have you been working on? <laughs> Uh, today we're actually working on a story about uh, um, uh, controlling the prison temperatures uh, and and uh, what the temperatures are inside our Texas prisons. Um, uh, th- basically, uh, there's a renewed effort from from uh, uh, former inmates and families uh, who are uh, of loved ones who are uh, incarcerated who uh, are basically saying that that the state needs to do a, a more thorough job of of number one, tracking the temperatures inside prisons, and number two, um, controlling the temperatures inside prisons. Um, there's a, a couple of uh, bills, both on the House and Senate side, that would um, that would uh, require uh, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice to uh, keep.
keep the temperatures inside state prison facilities between 65 and 85 degrees. Um, and and the idea behind that wait is the that, bill the bill is between sixty five and eighty five. Yeah, the bill would require. Man, it's already uh, a compromise. I would die in prison. I would absolutely at eighty five. I'm I'm miserable. <laughs> I would weigh like well, I would weigh. How much do you weigh, Wes? I weigh. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll give you a one twenty thirty forty five ballpark in there. 145. So I would weigh 146 pounds in prison if it were above 85, 85 degrees every day. <laughs> you know, and it, and part of th- that um, unpleasant experience that, that I think a lot of folks would, would, you know, are thinking about when it comes to the temperature thing is that they brought um, a, they ca- sort of call it like a hot box, like a mock cell uh, to the Capitol. Uh, right outside the Capitol grounds and invited the public and lawmakers and legislative staff to come uh, and they, they heat it up they, they seal seal this kind of wood box and it's, it's like a prison cell and they heat it up and they want you to experience what they say uh, the conditions are like inside uh, Texas prisons um, particularly in the in the summer months um, and so I went in there and try and and you know I can I can I can understand the argument of the long-term exposure to the heat. You start to sweat a little bit. It's kind of uncomfortable. It's it's not a pleasant experience. Um, and and I you know there's there's this other conversation that kind of comes into play here, Jay, which is people argue, you know, that the people who are behind bars are there for a reason and so the sympathy factor is maybe not uh as strong as it uh could would should be there um and so you know there's there's this argument that well this this person's behind bars so they did something to to put themselves there so we should you know this is kind of part of the punishment is being in this uncomfortable situation and um so we we heard from uh, from State Senator Jose Menendez, who, um, among other people, has said, "Look, these people are paying their debt to society, but that doesn't mean we treat them like trash, and that there still are health and safety concerns um, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, the people who are are in prison." And there's a further conversation about, um, you know, you think it's uncomfortable for a prisoner or an inmate or an offender. Imagine being a, a corrections officer mm. who's got all the gear, uh, you know, a, a vest on, long sleeves sometimes. Um, they're wearing a uniform um, that, that in the right conditions can be also an unpleasant experience. And so because of... Do you have corrections like, officers on the pro side of this bill? Yes, and... and we heard from from the president of the Correctional Employees Union here in Texas, hmm. um, who says, you know, uh, basically, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, and, and that's sort of the cheeky way of saying, you know, the the, the air conditioning will, goes a long way. It goes all the way around. It's not just for the inmates, but it's also for the officers and for the staff and for uh, some of these other people. So um, there there's kind of this broader conversation. How much that, is this going to cost, uh, Wes? 
Well, and that's the big question mark here, Jay, is is there at least on the record, it, you know, as the bills have been filed, there is no um, uh, financial analysis that's been put out by the Legislative Budget Board on this yet. Um, and and uh, Representative James White, who uh, chairs the House Corrections Committee, says um, – that he's not even sure that TDCJ has been asked what it's going to cost to provide the adequate conditions okay. to meet this requirement here. And so, you know, he says we should be asking this question. We should be asking the, the, the head at TDCJ, what is this going to cost? What are the resources that you need in order for this to happen um, before, he's, before he's, you know, gung-ho with... with no. um, legislation like this okay. going through the process. A couple of things. One, uh, appreciate James White listening to the show regularly. Um, that's number one. I hope to hear from him on this. Uh, text in, is there, have they provided any sort of uh, quantified, quantified data that, or qualitative data that better temperatures ensure better behavior uh, well that's certainly part of the conversation um, that there is uh, you know anytime anytime you and I both get a little hot under the collar um, you know tempers flare and, yeah. and conditions uh, you know the, it's just it's part, if, part of it is if I'm in a position Wes where I'm about to drop to your body weight and still be 6'3 yeah, there's going to be some <laughs> there's going to be some heat under the collar. I, I promise you. Yeah, that. and you're but you know you're the, not going to be you're not going to be too happy about that, I imagine. And the, and and you're you're already behind bars for a reason. Um, and so you know it's it, it's kind of a perfect storm there. And so uh, there there that's certainly part of the conversation here is is um, trying to to keep tempers from flaring just as much as we're trying to keep. Uh, temperatures for the flowing Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here and it's 69 degrees in the studio and I'm getting agitated. But let me say this too, <laughs> that here's the secret with gel jobs is that nobody wants to do gel jobs. And I can't imagine retrofitting prisons and jails to uh, just simply in the interstitiaries in between the floors and all the tests that have to be done and you're around inmates it just seems like a long I appreciate it seems to be a noble cause but I don't know how realistic it is that we're going to go in and retrofit uh, correction centers to be you know 75 degrees well and the, and <clears throat> that's what that's what representative white said as well he said look let's say we put this thing in place and we're requiring everybody to check a box however many times a day that the temperature is a certain temperature um and he said you know i guarantee you i'll get a phone call that it's higher than 85 degrees in in one of these facilities at some point during a texas summer you know, he said it's been hot since 1850 or something. You know, he said Texas prisons have have been hot for forever. You know, because it's hot in the summer. So, um, yeah, but you know, but do you understand what I'm saying too? That to run duct and to run 
new HVAC. Oh, absolutely. There, the there ceiling, will be a financial cost down. to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't even know how manageable that is. But um, anyway, so what's going on in the school thing? Let's let's cross over for give you a couple more minutes here. What's going on in the school bill on the House side? And is this going to be the uh, big uh, Armageddon between the House and the Senate in this session? Well, uh, the House um, put their uh, version of, of the school finance reform bill through uh, committee. Um, so uh, once it, it's uh, pending assignment from calendars committee, it'll head to the floor. Um, and and the, the one, you know, uh, several minor changes uh, from the original version, but the, but the main change is that the, the, it's been stripped of the merit-based pay component um and and that's because was that surprising to you gr- well it's because these teacher groups don't want it to be taught don't want um uh pay to be tied to like student performance and, and to the star test um because and so there's kind of this, is it because they're in like this new world order where you don't know where kids are coming from and you aren't working off the same baseline that's that's how i understand it is not every kid comes from the same home. It's not as monolithic as it once was. Well, yeah, I mean, there there are, um, you know, the the like for example, the Texas American Federation of Teachers says, you know, that that the that it it appreciates the House leadership responding to these concerns, um, and that this merit based pay uh, idea and and the rejection of this idea. Um, shows that that this that this relationship um, that that's been sort of associated with okay, so the students do well, and so that way that as, based on this standard that we're setting, that means that the teacher gets a bonus or the teacher gets a, and so the teachers are saying you know we, it shouldn't matter what the, what each student's performance uh, kind of gets involved here and and. You know, for for the simple reason that I think you're onto something there, Jay. That that you know, every student has a different background. Every student has a different learning experience. I mean, I learned so differently from other students in my uh, when I was going to school, and and I learned similar. You know, everybody has a different experience while they're um, going through the yeah, through man. their education, and and I'm still learning. I mean, we're all still learning, and Wes, some of us are still in school. So you know, it's it's still this. Just because I get an A or a B or a C, or just because I of my performance on the star test, shouldn't necessarily be tied to to my teacher getting a you know being able to to provide for for his or her family. And so I think that's kind of the root of this argument. I don't know how teachers decide what kids are going to be in their classrooms. One day that would be a really interesting story that you should do one day, so that I don't have to do it. But I know this. That if it were merit-based pay in elementary, junior high, and high school, um, I would have been selected like in the 14th round, uh, maybe the 30th <laughs> round. In no, I can't have my my paycheck tied up to that leasing kid because I wasn't a good learner at that level. Um, but I guess we're just both making the same point there, Wes. Well, uh, and and then you you you've got this this. Uh on the Senate side, this $5,000 across the board raise that in one way 
solve that problem, but in other ways create other ones. Hey, um, you know, one time, five thousand. It just—it's baloney, and you don't even have to comment on it. Uh, let me just riff for a second. <coughs> it's absolute horse crap, and it's just going to go this one time. And it's a guy who learned his lesson in the last election, that being the lieutenant governor. And uh, please make it go away. Let's just give them some money. Um, like I said, you don't have to comment on that. What are you working on for this week, next week? Um, we are... Uh... <coughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm getting over a cough is actually what... I think you vape too much during South by Southwest, Wes. <laughs> you know, I, I managed to, to do just, just enough of the South by Southwest action to... Uh, to check off all the boxes and and stay away from the traffic, but uh, but no, we're yeah, we're all all of us in Austin are recovering from South by and all the crowds, and uh, we um, I've got a, a story in the works. Um, not sure exactly when it's going to come out, but be on the lookout for it. A uh, little conversation with um, uh, Land Commissioner George P. Bush. Um, we we talked uh, briefly about this this top Texan tournament. Um, so we had a little bit of fun. Uh, there's this tournament that uh, that the General Land Office uh, organizes every year. It's uh, four years uh, running now, um, and it basically is is the college playoff uh, bracket style tournament. But you replace your favorite teams with uh, important Texas historical figures. Um, so you've got your Stephen F. Austin and your Sam Houston, and you've got your your uh, Barbara Jordan and your uh, your Ann Richards, then you've also got like George Strait up against Willie Nelson, and mm. you've got like Janis Joplin and Selena. So it's 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 a fun mix of of your uh, of encouraging Texans to learn about important figures in state history, but also uh, the there's some bragging rights involved, and, and I think a prize. You yeah, know, so. uh, a fun fact for you as we sign off here, um, Wes. Uh, Barbara Jordan and Bob Bullitt couldn't stand one another, but guess who are buried next to one another? How about that? Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's, uh, good. That's good knowledge. Uh, anyway, we're, I'm talking to George P. Bush, and, and we talk about some other stuff, some uh, Hurricane Harvey update, the Alamo, and, and how his family's doing after uh, uh, kind of a rough year for for the Bush family um, with the loss of George and Barbara. So, um we're we're doing a little check in with uh, with the land commissioner, and so you can look for that uh, coming up soon. Okay, uh, don't keep my suspense up. Did I make the uh, field of sixty four? Am I one of the great Texans? <laughs> you're a great Texan in all of our hearts, but you're not on the bracket. Though. I didn't make the sixty. Maybe a play in game. Maybe a play in game. Me and Dan Patrick. <laughs> all right, appreciate you, Wes. Always, as always, always good to talk with you. Likewise. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Uh, tomorrow on the program, going to have Ross Ramsey and then our friend Mike Bazaar, Bazaar Solutions, coming up. And uh, appreciate you taking time to listen to the program. You can always catch us on the podcast, anywhere you can find a podcast. Even if you have to Google podcasts, you go to whatever comes up, and whether that be Anchor or Apple iTunes or whatever the case might be, Android, Google Play, you can find every edition of this program there on the podcast. A lot of people listen. Appreciate you listening. 
uh, whatever fashion and form. Going to get home. Got to get home. Grace Linda is taking the floor tonight. We're going to see if she can get at least seven rebounds. That's our goal for tonight. And then to go back up if she uh, hits the if she gets the um, if she gets the rebound on her team's side of the the floor. If she gets her own rebound. She just needs to go back up, and that's what we need her to do tonight. So we're going to get home, get home, go to the ball game, and uh, until next time, buddies, I have a good monologue for you tomorrow, too, a place that you thought I might not ever go, and that's a little accolades to Senator Charles Perry. Keep you tuned in for that tomorrow on the program. Until next time, Rave On Bunnies, Rave On. We'll see you right here next time, right here on these other sides of Texas.